Okay, let's begin our discussion. Parsha's Baha Aloscha, Tavshin Pei Gimel, as we uh, are now uh, a week ahead uh, for the next month uh, of B'nei uh, Chutz but Baha Aloscha continues here in Eretz Yisrael, uh, and we start off with the beginning. Start off with the uh, Rashi and the Ramban, as we've noted in uh, in other years, but we'll add on this year the uh, the Nachlat Svi. But if you look at the first Rashi, uh, as we know, Rashi asks B'shev the Medrash, what does why does Baloscha start off where it does? Again, we're we're telling a story. Sefer by Midbar is telling a story, right? Well, after Vayikra, where there weren't too many stories, right? We're back to stories. Bracious Shmos and Bamidbar are really <laughs> the story of Klal Yisrael. While Vayikra and, Dva, and Dvarim, Vayikra has many mitzvahs, Dvarim itself has 200 mitzvahs uh, or so. Um, but we're telling a story of going through the Midbar, and all of a sudden, we have the Tzivui of the Neros. Right? What is this doing here? Dabar al-Aram, last, last we met, we had the Nisim, uh bringing the Karbanos to be Mechanech, the Mishkan. And then we have Aaron, light the candles. So ask Rashi, Why is the Parsha of the Menorah put next to the Parsha of the Nisim? Lafi, Shekshara Aaron Chanukas Nisim and Aaron Akoin. So all of the Nisim bring Karbanos every day. Chol Shaz Daito. He had Chalishas Hadaz. As we have mentioned, Aaron had a had a, what we might call today a complex, and whenever anything was going on, he felt like, oh, here it goes again, it's the ego, I messed up. And he always was very, um, had this guilty conscience to him for the little bit of whatever his, his involvement was in the ego. Right, we had in Pashas, uh, Pashas Shmini when they're trying to bring down the, the cloud, but here too, Chal Shaz Daito. That might be behind his feelings. Shifto. But here, this whole Sheva was excluded. So what's going on? Don't worry. Your portion is even greater than theirs. They're bringing their karbanos, but you're going to light the menorah. You're going to light the candles. That's Rashi. And again, the Ramban, uh, we mentioned years ago and, and more recently, uh, discusses what, what is the, why, why is the nearest Hanukkah any better than the, than the uh, Avodah? And if you want to say a special avoda, so I mentioned the Ketores, right? Uh, that's uh, that's special. They they, they used to uh, fight over it, and only you could only get that once in your life, as the Mishnah says in Maseches Yuma, right? Only Chadashim uh, Lebakar and Bofafisu. So the Ramban, as we know, says maybe this is all a remez to the holiday of Hanukkah. And what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying is that even when we, there is no more Beis Hamikdash, and even though there is no more avoda, there's still going to be an avoda. And that's the Neiris Hanukkah, which have many parallels to the Neiris of the Beis Hamikdash, and that somehow is taking the light out. So therefore, Gedola Shalcha Mishalahem is going to go on forever, eternally. Right? There's never going to be a stop. That's that's what the Ramban says. Lidosh Remez Ben Aparsha Al Hanukkah Shal Neiros Shahay B'Bay Sheni Ayde Aaron Avonav V'Chulu Ratzalomer Chashmonoi Kohen Gadol, and he says Yesh Hanukkah Acheres Sheyesh Ba'Alakas Neiros V'Ani Yosef Bali Yisrael Ayde Banecha Nisim Uteshua V'Chanukah Shakruya Al Shmami Chanukah Beis Chashmonoi. Amazing, beautiful Ramban, and that is why we also, the last day of Hanukkah, we read all the way, all the rest of the Nesim, uh through the beginning of Aloscha, because of this idea of the Ramban, based on these psukim, of Baha Aloscha Saneros, that's why it's called Zos Hanukkah, because that's at the end of last week's Parsha, uh, where we have Zos Hanukkah's Hamizbeach in the second to last Pasuk. But if you look now this year, in the uh, Nachasvi, Nachasvi tells us, um, another idea of what the godless of the menorah is. It's the symbol of the menorah. As we know, the light of the menorah is symbolic of Torah. Kiner mitzvah v'Torah or Torah is light. Kedushiv, as it says, the Isa B'Shaat that it says in Shabbos Kufte Zayin, relating to a later portion of the parsha. Da'Torah Nechleka L'Shili Shiva Chalakim. How many how many books are there in the Torah? So Pasha B'Shaat, there are five. That's why we call it the Chumash from the word Chamisha. But really, the Gemara tells us in Masechah Shabbos there are really seven books in the Torah. One of them is very very short, right? One of them is only two psukim long because the Nun and Afuchin in our parsha, which separate Vayihibid Soa, that really creates. Seven. Bamidbar is really three books. Up until Vayibitzoah. Vayibitzoah Uvenucha Yomar. That's a separate book. And afterwards, the rest of Bamidbar. So it's really seven. Seven branches on the menorah. 
Seven branches of the menorah symbolize and par- correspond to the seven uh, books in the Torah. V'nismach zelapasik, and it's even hinted to. Chatzva amudeha shiva. Kiva yibetzahu sefer b'neatzmo, as we know. V'yem kein sefer b'midwar nechshav l'gimel svarim. U'biyachinam adal svarim anesharim olam l'shiva. V'shiva kaneya menorahim kineget shiva svarim shal Torah kadosha. Right, the seven books, the seven arms, the seven branches of the menorah. And that's what we say. Yes, carbonos have a certain power, but and tfila is kineged carbonos. Yes, but shalcha gadolam mishalahem. Kier carbonos rock bismancha based on migdash kayim he mechaprim. Avol tarasenu hakadosha hamru mezes b'shivas kani emanori mechaperes becholzman laolam. Torah purifies. Torah is uh, is machzir. Right? We say hashivenu avinu lasorasecha. Part of the tshuva and part of kapara is is connecting ourselves to Torah, and that's the lama nispacha. What? How is the Torah greater? Because in every generation, in every generation, uh, Torah it comes with us, and our commitment and our ability to learn Torah uh, keeps going uh, as we as we go through the generation, and that is the nechama of Aaron Akohen, that the light of the menorah symbolizes Torah. Related to this, related to this is a thought. Um, from Rav Yosef Dechemia, Rav Yosef Dechemia, corner to the last Rav in Krakow, and source number two in his Chidushim Al HaTorah, where also he connects the parallels, the menorah to Torah, but he says it in the following way, right? Vizem Maisa Menorah, he doesn't say it on the on the Rashi, but he says it on the next Pasuk. Vizem Maaseh Menorah Miksha Zahav, this is the, the structure of the menorah, right? All gold, Miksha, one uh, unit, Ad Yerecha, Ad Pircha Miksha He, Kamar Esh, Ahera, Hashem Moshe, like Hashem showed Moshe, so too he made the menorah. Right? And that's, uh, what do you mean, how he showed him? Right? And what's the vizet? Rashi quotes, Sheher'eyu HaKadosh Baruch Hu Be'etzba. Lefishinis Kasheba. Hashem had to show him. Right? Sometimes you read a Gemara, and you read any sort, and you can't figure it out. You see a picture. Ah, a picture's worth a thousand words. A picture, then you realize what, what, it, what it's talking about. Hashem had to show Moshe a picture. Of the menorah, he couldn't just describe it, and that's why he says vizet. Why zeh in the Torah always reflects clarity that you could point to it. Vizet and this, right? Vizet maaseh menorah, right here. Hachodesh hazelachem in Shmos by the by Rosh Chodesh. Right? Bineinu zeh soreru moreh. Right? By the Betzorim Moreh, they point to the sun. Zeh is always uh, clarity, and uh, right, the. Uh, Beginning Rashi, beginning of Parshas Mato, Zehadavar Shertziv Hashem. Rashi quotes there that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah was on the level of not just Koamar Hashem, but Zehadavar. This Zehadavar. So Zeh clarity and uh, Hashem had to show him. But Chazal tell us now back in source number two, Niskasha Moshe b'Maisa Menorah, Acheher Lo Akadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe had difficulty. V'Afalpikein Hashem showed it to him, and he still couldn't really do it himself. Lo Yada Lasos Acheher de Menorah Tahorim and Hashemayim. So, Moshe understood a little bit more, and he showed it to him, but still it was difficult. That whole golden menorah, one piece chiseled out. Right, and the menorah symbolizes, as we just saw, symbolizes Torah. Again, Torah or. The Gemara says in Megillah, to learn and to come to ultimate truth in Torah, it's difficult. It's not easy. Not like I could I could do it in a flippant and only um, you know relaxed way. We have to we have to invest. We have to we have to focus. We have to focus. It's not other other studies where somebody's really smart. They could just uh, you know only put half a brain to get the to get to Torah. We have to we have to delve. Ode, El Hafla, and he quotes the Hafla, which others quote as well. Yagati Matzati, the Chazal. You have to work hard. Umatzati, Ki Kol what a fascinating lashon! Yagati umatzati. It's still a mitziyah. Even after we work hard, it's not directly related to my hard work. Matzati means I found it. Wow, I found it! Look at that. Because no, even after yagati, there's no natural correlation unless it's given as a mitziyah. The menorah was difficult to come up with. So too Talmud Torah. But the menorah was given to Moshe by Kadosh Baruch Hu. So to Talmud Torah. Shebe'emes Moshe Betzal Yogu Lasosa. They worked hard. Shalkein Kasev Ayas Menorah Zav Torah. It gives them credit. The Torah gives them credit and, and says that they created it. 
But the Torah Shabbat Pet tells us that really HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped them out, but putting together the hard work and the Siyat HaDashmaya, they reach their goal. Ubischar Yegiyazos Matzah Acharkach Min HaShamayim. That is, again, relating to the Nachasvi. Uh, Od Nira, and then he just says another idea, which is related, not exactly. Uh, and that is, we know the menorah wasn't the only kli that symbolized Torah. Right? You might say there were three kalim in the Heichal, the menorah and the Mizbeach HaKtores and the Shulchan. Right? Those three were in the Heichal, and various sources connect those to Torah, Avoda, and Gimilas Chasadim. Right, the menorah is Torah, and the Mizbech HaKtores is Avoda, and the Shulchan, which symbolizes food, and Parnasak Milat Chasadim, about the sharing that we have to take care of uh, our fellow Jews. So that's in the Heichal. But there's another Kli that symbolizes Torah. And that's the only one in the Kodesh Kodashim. The Kodesh Kodashim only has one Kli, if you could call it a Kli. We're not going to get into the Lumdus right now. Whether it's a Kli or not, there's no mitzvah to build it after the first time. But it is a kli. It is a symbolic uh, item in the Beis Hamikdash, the centrality, the, the 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 root of the kedusha, and that of course is the aron with the luchos inside. So why do you need two kalim symbolizing Torah? You have the aron and you have the menorah. Right? Why do you need two kalim? So some some say it's Torah shebechsav, Torah shebalpeh. Maybe the uh, maybe the two. Let's see what Rav Yosef Nechemia says. Onir b'hazaganal ha'menorah romedes l'tamad chacham no se'or ha'torah v'chena aron. Two types of of learners and spreaders of people who are osik b'talmud Torah. Two types. There's the aron, tamidei hachamim, and the menorah, tamidei hachamim. Via hevdel b'neihem ki haaron remez l'talmud chacham ayoshi b'seiser chadro b'kodesh hakadoshim. There are those tamidei hachamim that sit in the in the kodesh kadoshim, that sit and do their own thing and they don't ever pick their head up. That's one type of leader. Masha'enke in haMenorah michutz laParoches. The menorah is not in the Kodesh Kadashim. The menorah is seen by the Kohanim. And that's harder. It's harder to devote myself to Talmud Torah and to go out and to spread Torah on the highest of levels. There are prosecuting forces. There aren't too many prosecuting forces inside the Kodesh Kedoshim. Maybe some. There's never, there's never, right? The Gemara says, right? There's always a Yet Sahara. But there's more challenges to be out, to go out. But that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate of what Kodesh Baruch Hu wants. Kemo Shapirisha Chasam Sofer. Like the Chasam Sofer says on the Pasuk at the Hillim, I was going to quote the Chasam Sofer. Remember, we did this, um, I think earlier this year, Parshas Lech Lecha, Chayisara, Vayera, I don't remember, when we spoke about the, the Chasam Sofer's introduction to Yeridea, the Pituche Chosam, where he discusses that Avram Avinu, he could have reached the levels of Chanoch, that perfected himself, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu took him, Kilakachoto Elokim, but Avram couldn't have reached those levels. But Avram knew that wasn't what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted from him. Hashem wanted, Hashem wanted Avram Avinu to talk to these atheists about monotheism and to spread the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Avram, so to speak. Avram sent his shlichus um, to spread the word. Avram was a menorah man. Avram was a menorah leader. And again, throughout history, we've had those who stayed within their Daladamas and we had those that go around and give shiurim and uplift the people. Different types of leaders, and and we need both of them. But again, the way the Rabbi Yisrael Chemia says it, the menorah's light shines. Right? The, the kedusha of the Aaron is the source of it all, but the menorah's light is the one that shines. And that's Yoser Kasha, but that's Tova Yotze Slow Mise. Okay, so that is, starts us off the menorah and Torah. Menorah and Torah. One final thought relating to menorah. Um, and that is uh, source number three from Chaim Knievsky in the time of Dekra. So that's someone who we even saw in our generation. Maybe it was a little of both. He never left the Kodesh Kodashim. He never left the Kodesh Kodashim, but he spent hours every day giving people chizik. Giving hours every day. Hundreds of people every single day. Um, giving them a bracha, giving them uh, an answer, an etzah. Uh, and that is... Um, you know, something that we, we recognize just after that thought, we have some of his, uh, some of his, um, words. Bahaloscha, this is a classic of Chaim Kanievsky. He says, if you look in the beginning of the parsha, how many times do we have the word menorah? 
right? Pasuk Beis, we have the word menorah. And then Pasuk Gimel, we have the word menorah. And then we have uh, twice in Pasuk Dalad the word menorah. You haven't noticed that the first two are mali with a vav and the second two are chaser without a vav. Or Chaim Kanievsky noticed it. All right, so four times it says the word menorah. Two of them are written menorah with a vav, the first two, and the second two are written menorah without a vav. So obviously every letter in our Torah Shebaal Peh is there to teach us something why it's written in a certain way. So says the time of the Kra here in source three. Yesh Parsha Zu Dalit Pa'ami Menorah. Beis Malayim Ubeis Chaserim. V'yesh Lomar. Hine HaMenorah. How many menorahs? Asked of Chaim Kedevsky were there in history. How many menorahs were there? Besides, yes, Shlomo Melech made ten. Shulchans, and ten menorahs as it, as it described in Navi. But many Rishonim say they weren't used. They were just there for design. They used one. They didn't like every day, let's use a different menorah. There was the menorah that was used, and the other was, was there for, for show and decoration. So how many menorahs were there? Functional menorahs in history. You can see where this is going. The Yesh Lomar. Dine ha-menorah sha'asa Moshe ha'isa kayemes v'vayis Rishon. Moshe, the menorah way back going to the Mishkan, that, that continued. That continued all the way until Tobias Rishon, as the Gemara says. As is described in the Psukim, the, the Babylonians took all the Kalim to Bavel. But then, when it was time for Baisheni, it wasn't so long, 70 years later, and Chorus gave them permission, even before the 70 years, to go back, they got all the Kalim back. Right, Korosh was in charge. They conquered, they conquered Bavel. Bavel was not a superpower anymore. So all the spoils went back. Um, so as is described, Mavur Be'ezra, Shechzira is called Klei HaMikdash, Shehorid Lo'Bavel, V'haya Kayam, and so, it's the, so far one menorah. So far one. All the way until mid Bayashani. Until the Purim story. Until the Purim I'm sorry, the, the Hanukkah story. Until the Hanukkah story, Sha'oz, Kinneret, Timuhu. Right, we know, right, we know the story. Timu, Kalashvanim. And, and they, they were, the, the Gemara talks about, they were Meshakates, they, they, uh, impurified the Mizbeach and the Menorah. So that Menorah is out of commission. So that Menorah is out of commission. Vishtamshubo, Vinifsal Meakrava, Kimishmashakosav, Bavodazara, Daphne, and Bezgabi Mizbeach. Vilachi. When the Chashmonoim, the Hanukkah story, when they were victorious, they built another menorah. As it says in Menachas, out of metal. They couldn't make the whole golden one-shot miksha. So they did what they could do quickly. They made a menorah out of metal. Hashiru, they got a little more money and a little richer and more established. Asuim, Shalkesef, they changed it into silver. Chazu, Hashiru, then ultimately when they got all enough money, then they... They made the golden one, and that stayed until Churban Bayesheni, and that's the one that maybe is still in Rome, as we see in the picture on the Arch of Titus. Nimsa, so if you think about it, how many menorahs were there in history? Four. Four Lechachila menorahs, made out of gold, the first and last. Two Bidyeved ones that are kosher Bidyeved, Nimsa, Sheyisrolazodala menorahs, Shnaim Shalzov Kedin, Vishnaim Shekshirak Bidyeved, and Moshe Rabbeinu already is told by Kaddish Baruch Hu to be Merames, this historical reality, in the Psukim. Put the word menorah four times, twice with Avav, Malay, Lecharchila, twice without Avav, Chaser. And Beth Hashem, when Mashiach comes, who knows? There's no fifth menorah. So maybe that's Merames to us that we're not going to get a fifth one, we're just going to get the fourth one back. Just going to get the fourth one back, uh, and maybe it's uh, that it is still that it is still there. Okay, moving right along. I think I think I was looking back at my notes. I might have quoted this story uh, years ago from a different sefer, but we'll quote it again because we didn't quote it from this sefer. So we have Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni. So many exciting uh, sections of this week's parsha. Pesach Sheni. We mentioned uh, in the past. We have to be Pesach Sheni Jews. Now, Pesach Sheni Jews are Jews that. We don't take no for an answer when it comes to mitzvahs. Right? We want to do, they came, they had a tour, they had an exemption. What are they coming for? No, we want, you know, Lamanigara. Lamanigara, figure out a way. Again, doesn't always work, but there, the message that we learn is the, is the attitude, the attitude of being Pesach Sheni Jews, 
of not taking uh, the easy way out. Like the story of the Chafetz Chaim when he's searching, somebody comes to visit him and it's a blizzard and he's walking around the streets and he's like, where's the Chafetz Chaim? And he goes to find him. He's like, Rebbe, what are you doing? He says, it's the last night for Kiddush Levana. He says, I'm looking if I get a glimpse. I'm looking if there's a little bit of a, what do you mean it's snowing? You'll get it next month. I want to get a glimpse. I don't rely on Kulis. I don't need Pturim. Right, we, we have to be Pesach Sheni Jews, always looking for what we can uh, in terms of, in terms of uh, um, not squandering any opportunities and hopefully doing our best. So, in the Psukim of uh, Pesach Sheni, they came to Moshe. What does Moshe say? One of the few times Chazal tell us, Moshe's like, I don't know, I gotta ask. I have to ask. Right, stand up, imdu ve'eshma'a. Ma'yitzav Hashem lachem, what Hashem is going to tell you. Then Hashem told Moshe, etc. Right, this is also one of the remazim to the four differences. One of the four differences between Moshe Rabbeinu and the, all the other prophets, all the other Nevi'im, Moshe could call a meeting. Moshe could call a meeting. It wasn't like he just waited, right? The end of the parsha. Remember, Aaron and, and Miriam, Piton, they came and, and, uh, they were very surprised. Mayim, mayim, they gotta go find the mikvah. Moshe's always ready. And Moshe could even call the meeting. Plus the other differences that the Rambam lists. But imdu ve'eshma, I'm going to let you know. So imdu, stand here, and I will talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and I'll let you know. So maybe hinted to or connected to is a a nice story of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov, his source number four, is quoted here in the Likuta Yoshua, one of the uh, Tamidim of um, Yeshua Scheinfeld, Tamidim of Reb Sadok, um, source number four. V'kashalavim, what's the language of imdu ve'eshma? Stand here, and I'm going to go hear what uh, HaGadosh Baruch has to tell us. She'enonu motzim t'kudugmaso b'shemakom. What's this unusual lashon? V'shamati bi'ur al-pimaisa. Those are always creative. When you hear a pshat based on a story. The Baal Shem Tov. She'minhago laharech harbe betfila shmon esrei. The Baal Shem Tov had a very long amida. He davened for a very long time. Uv'prat v'shabas v'yantav sh'amach v'yosef, especially sh'amach v'yantav. When it was shorter Shmon Esrei's, but it was Shabbos and Yantif. One time he was davening. It was Shabbos morning. He was taking a long time. I'll go make Kiddush meanwhile. I'll be back before he notices. I'll go back. There used to be a, there are Kiddush clubs in the middle of Haftorah. So while the rabbi still saying Shmon Esrei, I'll be back before he even notices. Right? And then he doesn't, there, nobody misses anything. So they were, they were, they were starving. Who knows what time it was? And meanwhile, they came back, and he finished already. He finished already. Like, I can't, I don't believe it. It's not even half the time. They looked at their watches. They saw he was sitting waiting for them. They felt so bad. I can't believe it. You never go so quickly. One Talmud had the guts to ask the Baal Shem Tov, Rebbe, I think you went a little faster today. I think you went a little faster. Right? What, what's going on? And he said, When you're with me in the base medrash, Everybody here in the seabird, it's like these, everybody's standing on each other's shoulders. So I'm on the top. So I'm able to reach the highest of heights as long as I'm standing on the seabird's shoulders. But once I was alone... There was no support. Once I was, and I don't think he had his eyes open, right? Maybe he metaphysically felt. He felt. If somebody wants to reach something on a high place, you tie sticks together, one by one by one until you get a very long stick, and then you can reach very high. You make a very long stick. You can reach very high. They're in the base medrash with me. So then, but once you left, there was no more stick, and therefore I couldn't get so far. So my shmona esrei was much shorter. Says the Baal Shem Tov, and that's the pasuk in Balaoscha. Im You got to stand here. Don't go anywhere. You ask the question. Stand here, and I'll stand on your shoulders, and I'll go talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Imdu ve'eshma ma'itzav Hashem. Shematem omdim kan eshma ma'itzave. 
If you stand here, I'll be able to do it. Shekocho shal Moshe u'bischus Yisrael. Again, the message of tzibur, the message of um, helping each other out in terms of reaching as far as we as far as we can. And we continue now with the story of Bamidbar. We might have touched on this uh, or part of this thought uh, a number of years ago. So we know there were different rules about the machane when they camped. And when they traveled, right? The pasuk tells us in Parakhtes, when the cloud went down, they encamped. When the cloud went up, Bnei Yisrael traveled, and when it went down, right? It was easy. Whatever the cloud did, that's what they did. Right? Based on whatever Hashem did, they traveled, and whatever Hashem did, they encamped. Again, but the first Pasuk in this whole discussion, the first Pasuk in the whole by Revi'i, you have it quoted there at the beginning of the Nesiva Shalom in source number five. On the day the Mishkan was built, the cloud gathered, covered the Mishkan. And at night, there was fire. Says the Nesiva Shalom, the Slana Marebi. He ne Torah Kadosha Yinitzchis Umalamedes Lihudias Derech Hashem. The Torah is eternal, and obviously there's a message here for forever. The Yesh Levarma Nitzchius Baparshazu. What is the message? Why do we have to know how they traveled in the Midbar? And it's never going to happen again. And it never happened since. A fire, a cloud. What, what does this teach us? The Mishkan, the day that you put up the Mishkan, is talking about the Mishkan in our hearts. The day that you'd put up your Mishkan. And it's at Sibu Yavashem. We have to make a place for Hashem to be. For Hashem to reside in our hearts, in our lives. We all have to put up a Mishkan. Uviyom Hakim Esa Mishkan, Lashem Nistar. That's why it doesn't say, Uviyom Hakim Moshe Esa Mishkan. Uviyom Hakim, the day that every Jew puts up their Mishkan. Every day that a Jew puts up his Mishkan, what's the next phrase? Kisehanan Esa Mishkan. The cloud covers the Mishkan. Very often there's cloudiness and darkness and difficulty and challenges. When a Jew puts up his Mishkan, miyad immediately. There are challenges, there's darkness, there's clouds. We can't see clearly. There's fogginess. And sometimes there's fire. What's fire? Right, that's also... Heat, uncomfortable. Zaman is gabrus achomris vatayvus, fire of tayva. Shayetzahara borbo kamara esh. There's a fire in me for for desires that are that are not all Torah focused. Vel Yehudi ladasha kolzehu nisyona sachayim. And each one of us has to know this part of life. It's part of the challenges of life. When you build your mishkan, it's going to be clouds. There's going to be fire. Both are very uncomfortable. Right? That's the way it'll always be. Right? Nobody has a free ride in life. But don't worry. The cloud's going to dissipate. And then, Then you'll be able to move. Then you'll be able to move. A Jew has to know that all of the challenges are bringing the Jew to the ultimate situation that Hashem wants him to be in. When the cloud goes up, and then you'll see, because of the darkness, right, out of that, It'll bring to great heights. And that's Avram Avinu with his ten Nisyonos. 
and the darkness that he had in his light in his life. Nisas Avraham, many say at the top of the left side now, Nisayon, a banner. We want, Hashem wants to show us how much we could accomplish. Nisayon Acher Nisayon, that's the challenge that uh, we have, and that's the Nesiva Shalom. We have to recognize. We have to recognize that as we go through life. And also, he says, related. Next paragraph. Od Maru Mazu Related, but uh, a separate point. There are ups and downs. There are light times. There's Boker, there's Erev. There's different times that we go through in life. We know it's all, everything out of our control. This is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have Bechir Chavshis. That's in our control. But whatever out of our control is from Hashem. The Gam Bizmanim HaChashuchim. Yesh Yehudi Yehud V'Tafkid. We have a, a tafkid in every situation in life. We have a tafkid when we're sitting in the basement in front of a Gemara, and we have a tafkid when we're sitting half an hour in traffic, bumper to bumper, when it wasn't supposed to be traffic and Waze took us this way. And why did Waze take us this way? And it must have just happened, it's just my luck. We also have a tafkid then. The kasher kise ha'anan alamishkan, shakarish baruchu mechase alav, behester v'chashchus, when Hashem has us covered, haderech oz, when we have that cloud on, Hashem's not expecting us to go further. He's expecting us to stand. He's expecting us. There are challenging moments in life. That's not when, at that moment, that we feel spiritually growing. We're just trying to, to, to tread water. We're just trying to hang in there. Right? To get through it. Right? Once it passes, you know, there's a crazy storm. So you'll, you'll, just, you'll drive five miles an hour until then you'll go. That's all. Akadosh Baruch doesn't expect us to have the same spiritual striving and gains when things are going great than when things are going challenging. But it's just a different avoda. You can't walk in the darkness. Just, just don't fall. Just try not to fall. When there's the darkness, Yachanu B'nei Yisrael. You should be chona. You should rest. Don't try, if the cloud didn't move, don't try to travel yet. Just be Mekambel. And then when the cloud moves, then you could go. Again, never to use this as an excuse, but to use it as a nechama, to use it as a comfort. The Kodesh Baruch Hu has different expectations of us when we're going through different things in life. Again, a very powerful Nesiva Shalom. That tells us every 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 situation in life we have something that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants from us and it's not always the same thing. And he's um, he doesn't he's not as Chazal say He doesn't come to us unfairly. He doesn't come to us unfairly, right? He has expectations and he has a high standard. But we have to recognize, you know, that there is different uh, messages and uh, situations. Okay. In this parsha also. In this parsha also, we have different Lashonos. Different Lashonos. Now, Rav Salvechik points out in source number six. Chatzotzros, we have the trumpets to gather the Machanos. Machane Yisrael. Or to gather the camp. But look in those two psukim. Parak Yud, Pasuk Aleph, and Pasuk Beis. In Pasuk Yud, Parak Pasuk Aleph. Ha-Machanos. In that Pasuk. What about anything else? Lamikra Ha-Eda. We are called an Ada and a Machane. A congregation and a camp. What's the difference between those two words? There are no synonyms in Lashon HaKodesh. Every word, right? There, was, there will be no such thing as a thesaurus in Lashon HaKodesh. Unless, you know, there's a disclaimer at the beginning. Each of these words in groups are similar, but not exactly the same. There are no synonyms. So, so what's the difference between an Eida and a Machaneh? 
Says Rav Salvechik in source number six. There are two ways in which people become bound as a group, as a community, society, or a nation. The first is when they face a common enemy, right? When there is unity caused by an external source. They band together for mutual protection, knowing that by only doing so can they survive, right? This phenomenon extends far beyond Homo sapiens. Animals too come together in herds or flocks to defend themselves. Isn't it fascinating? Right? Most animals like to be together. Right? Most animals like to be together. You see a bunch of sheep. They don't run away from each other in different directions. They like to be together. And if they separate, they'll go back to each other. A bunch of cows. Right? They're all, they're all like to, birds. Almost all animals. Right? That's a machana. They're not, there's not something pulling them together from within in the bird value system. Right? It's, it's part of their instinct to stay together. And there's a, that's a machana. That's a camp. There's a quite different form of association. People can come together because they share a vision, an aspiration, a set of ideals. This is an ada from the word aid. An ada is not a defensive formation, but a creative one. People join to do together what none of them can achieve alone. A society built around a shared project, a vision of the common good. These are two, just two types of groups. But in the most profound sense, two different ways of existing and relating to the world. A camp is brought into being by what happens to it from the outside. A congregation, an ADA, comes into existence by internal decision. It's an unbelievable paragraph right here. The former is reactive, the latter proactive. The first is a response to what has happened to the group in the past. The second represents what the group seeks to achieve in the future. So it's not only from outside, from inside. It's also past and future. Whereas camps exist even in the animal kingdom, congregations are uniquely human. They flow from the human ability to think, speak, communicate, envision a society different from any that has existed in the past and to collaborate to bring it about. What is Am Yisrael? Both. Of course, the ultimate, we're the level of Ada, but we're also a machana. We got to have a machina to be able to survive over the past 2,000 years. Jews are people in both of these two quite different ways. Our ancestors became a machina in, in Mitzrayim, forced together, forged together in the crucible of slavery and suffering. Right? What made them? Aver, Ivri. Right? Almost every enemy that we have had, they've brought us together as a machina. Right? Isn't it interesting? Concentration camp. Right, Machaneh, Hashmada. It's called a camp, Rachman al-Islam, because that's what they're brought together from the outside, not from what binds them from within. That's not what the the um, the enemies throughout our history have, have connected. Ever since Jews have known that we are thrown together by circumstance, we share a history all too often written in tears. The covenant of fate, not a purely negative phenomenon. It gives rise to a powerful sense. We're part of a single story. To be part of a machana ultimately is a good thing. It, it forges a very strong relationship. Maybe you need to have that machana in order to build the Ada upon it. To build the ultimate. If you want your future to be together, you have to have, if you have a strong past that binds you, it leads to a sense of shared suffering as we continue. All these dimensions, 41, of the covenant of fate born in the experience of slavery in Egypt. But of course, there's additional element. The Brit Yi'ud entered into at Harsinai. Harsinai, all of a sudden, was a different type of bris. There was a bris Mitzrayim. That was more creating the Machana. But then with the bris Sinai. That was creating the Ada. That was creating the Mamlachas Koanim, the Gai Kadosh. The Jewish people is defined not by what others do to it, but by the task it has undertaken. The role that has chosen to play in history, right? The, the Israelites did not choose to become slaves in Egypt. That was thrust upon them. They did, however, choose to become B'nai Yisrael, the Ada, Naaseh, Venishma. Right? And that's the, uh, what Rav Salvatia continues and, uh, discusses throughout this, this amazing piece where he talks about Machaneh and Ada. Okay. Moving right along. Baloscha just doesn't stop. So many different uh, elements. 
So we have some complaining in this parsha. We have some complaining in this week's parsha. The next few balos chashlach, korach, chukas, in all of them, in all of them, not our finest hours um, in terms of of uh, our complaining. Paragud aleph we started complaining. Maybe we, there was a pronounce before this. Hashem gets angry. And they cry, and they call the place Tavera. The multitude that was amongst them. Maybe. Hisavu Tava. Interesting. What does that mean? Hisavu Tava. They desired desire. Look at Uncleus, the Aravravin di Benehon, Sheilu Sheilta, requested. Right? Requested. That's what he says. They requested a request. Sheilu Sheilta. Vitavu Bechoapene Yisavar Minyachalina Basra. Requested. That, that softens it a little bit. But the words say, Hisavu Tava, what does that mean? They desire to desire. Says of Avraham Shore in source number eight. One of the volumes of Ahalech Avalibuf. He quotes from the Svarim Akdoshim. Beferish ta'avu ta'ava shebe'emes lo'hoi alem ta'iva. Rak ta'avu she'yihi alem ta'iva. They desired to have a desire. Ki be'emes achlam asaman. What they eat? They eat spiritual food. They eat the man. There was a ta'iva for the man. No, the man just gave you what you needed. Harin is dachul gufam. Their gufam were were purified. Shlohelam taiva klal. The chetam hayakinyan achilas eitz hadas. Maybe the chet was like the eitz hadas. Remember one of the pshatim Adam and Chava. I have no yitzhara. Wouldn't it be better if I have a yitzhara and then overcome it? Wouldn't that be better? And that's why it should be good. Became internal, not external. So maybe this was a similar idea. Hisavu tava. But then says that lachaliba. Maybe it's deeper. He says, Lamanu, we learn in Perkiavos, Aseritzon Chakiritzoncha, make his Ratzon your Ratzon, Kedeshayase Ritzoncha Kiritzono, so that your Ratzon becomes his Ratzon, so Asei, and then you have Batel, Batel Ritzoncha, nullify your Ratzon for Hashem's Ratzon. So one's Asei and one's Batel, what's the difference between those two? The Yesh Levar Bezin Yon Mahim, so he quotes as Fasemis. Mivuar, she called Taivas for Asonos Gashmiim. Heim kedei litain lo Adam Havana v'Yedia be'ezacheshek for Ratzon Tzrichim Lavod as Hashem Isbarach. Why did Hashem give us such strong physical desires to give us an inkling into how we're supposed to desire spiritual things? See how much you want that food? You should want Torah even more, or at least the same. How much there's a taiva and something's delicious and it's geschmack and we enjoy it. So that's in the physical world, but that's a model for us. That's all meant to model for us the ultimate desires that we're supposed to have. Right? Do his ratzon like you do your ratzon. Meaning your physical ratzon. Do his spiritual ratzon. Learn from your ratzon. Shayaseh mitzvahs ba'oso cheshek. Kilo oser ratzon atzma. Ukimos. Like. Shla ratzon atzma yishlo islavas atzuma. Ajikal guva margish ha ratzon. In terms of the physical realm, we have strong desires for various areas, various gashmi pleasures. Kain sarech liosa islavas lasvatzon baro. That's asay. Make his ratzon. The desire for ruchmiyas. Follow your ratzon for Gashmias. Nimsa ki ba'ofan azeh mishavkin kol ratzonos haguf lemilamdim. All of our physical desires become models, models for all of us. Be'ez ofan lavodas baro. How is supposed to serve Hashem? Umemela kol ratzonos gashmiyam him garmin ladavatov. So ultimately, it's all good. Ultimately, our physical desires are supposed to be again fulfilled, but then taught, fulfilled to an extent. Obviously, l'shem shamayim. But then used as a model for the ultimate spiritual. Says the Svasemes, that's what B'nai Yisrael were thinking. They didn't have the desire for physical. Right? They were eating the man. 
They didn't have that model. So hisavu taiva, they desired that desire so that they could have that desire to be able to teach them what it means to spiritually desire. It was uprooted from them. They didn't have it because of the man. And maybe, maybe they remembered it from the, from Mitzrayim. Right? It's only man. Man is pretty recent. Man is pretty recent in their history. So all of a sudden they have no desire, but maybe they realize that that physical desire was a good model. They wanted to reach the level to have that taiva. But obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt that for that door, it was not needed or appropriate. You can say, oh, the desires. That's the door deya. That's the door of Kriyas Yamsuf. You don't need that desire to teach you. Right? You don't need that desire. Don't, don't try to have cheshbonos. How best to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This generation, no taiva. Right? Don't try to outsmart me. Don't try to figure out a way that you think that it's better to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what do we learn from this message? Two things. Number one, that we could use all, we could channel all of our physical pleasures and desires to say, wow, if I want that physical pleasure so much, I have to work on my spiritual pleasures. I have to work on, you know, my attitude towards them. Right, we have to, we have to teach ourselves and all those around us, you know, what, what we get excited about. I think I mentioned before, Rabbeinu Yonah, I think in his commentary on uh, Mishlei, the Pesach says, Ish lefi mahalalo, something like that. Ish lefi mahalalo, which usually, you judge a person, lefi mahalalo, based on, you know, his praise, what people say about him. Ish lefi mahalalo. Rabbeinu Yonah, I think, says, Ish lefi mahalalo, you judge a man based on what he praises, what he gets excited about, what he, you know, talks about all the time. Right? If a person can't stop talking about Divrei Torah and you see what, he, what gets him excited. And that's what he says. And he says also, uh, at the end, he says we have to uh, make sure that, you know, we have to recognize everything is part of uh, Avodah Hashem. Everything is something that we're supposed to use in order to come closer. Okay, the last thought for the evening, go back to the Rishonim. We go back to the Rishonim, go back to Rabbeinu Bachai. So B'nai Yisrael complained. And what happens they complain to Moshe, they want meat, or they want food, besides the man. They want food. Moshe hears them, Bochel and Mishpachosav. Moshe says, what do you want from me, Hashem? Seems to be like the only time that Moshe finally loses his cool. I give birth to them. Right? Are they my kids? Where am I supposed to give them meat? Where am I supposed to give them meat from? There aren't enough animals. It's interesting that Moshe says that because Moshe saw Kriyas Yamsuf. Moshe saw Maimed Arsinai. He doesn't think I should give them meat. From where am I going to get meat? Where am I going to get meat from to give them all meat? So, and Hashem says, and what, what's Hashem answer? And Moshe says, if not, kill me now. Right? What does Hashem answer? Gather 70 people and you'll give some of your ruach to them. And to the Am, tell them they're going to get meat. They're going to get meat till it comes out of their nose. Literally. Right? As we know. What's stuck in the middle here? Moshe says, I can't get enough meat. And Hashem says to Moshe, gather me 70 elders. You're going to include them with your ruach. And by the way, tell the people, I'm going to give them meat. Says Rabbi Bachai, what was the conversation going on here? Source number nine. Chalila, where it's underlined. Chalila, she is tapeg Moshe, b'yechaldo shalboi b'sipuk tzarcheim. Chas v'shalom. Then Moshe would have any doubts about what Hashem could do. He obviously knew Hashem could do anything he wants. Aval Amar, but Moshe felt, 
where they are now, they're not worthy for a miracle. Chris, I'm so if that was different. See, it's the that was needed to get them out. So Moshe knew about miracles, but they're not worthy right now. And Bedera Hateva, I don't see it happening. That was Moshe's point. They're not worthy. Natural realm, not gonna, not gonna work. The, the, the sheep and the cattle that they have. Or even all the fish in the sea. Is that enough? They don't deserve it, and it's not going to happen. So what Hashem answer? Hashem answered, Hayat Hashem You think I can't figure it out? Okay, you're right, I'm not going to give them a miracle, open miracle. But I could do it B'derech HaTeva also. You'll see. You'll see. Things could spread. Just like I'm going to take your Ruach HaKodesh and your power and spread it onto 70 other Zakanim. I'm going to spread that. That's the mashal that Hashem is giving Moshe. Towards the bottom. Your ruach will spread onto the other 70 elders. And you say, it's not shalom, and they went out and they got the birds. That wasn't an open miracle. There were a lot of birds. But nobody would call that Kriyas Yamsuf. So there are, that's the conversation that took place. But what do we, what do we learn from here? Hashem has many on Haggis. Hashem has Nes. Hashem has Teva. Hashem has Nes betoch Teva. Kodesh Baruch was in charge of everything. Hayat Hashem Tiksar. There's nothing that is beyond the divine hand. And we daven for, you know, great bracha and great uh, plenty that Kodesh Baruch gives us, along with Shalom, along with Nachas, Hashem, along with all good things as we head into the post-Shvuist world uh, and Sefer Bamidbar. Okay, we'll stop here.